Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Finite and Infinite Games. Before we begin, we should clarify that the word game here does not refer to games in the traditional sense like hide and seek, or modern-day mobile and online games. Instead, the word is used to refer to worldviews, values, and philosophies of life. The ways we navigate around major topics and issues in life. In this book, the author, Professor James P. Cass, distinguishes between two types of games, finite and infinite. To interpret this usage and illustrate the difference between these two types of games, as an example, let's consider the competition between two corporate giants, Microsoft and Apple. In 2001, Apple unveiled the iPod MP3 player. The must-have gadget occupied the greatest share of the US market for digital music players. To compete, Microsoft focused on research and development. In 2006 they finally released their own Zune music player. The Zune was intricately designed and highly user-friendly. It was an exceptional music player. Indeed, in many aspects, it outperformed the iPod. Nonetheless, in the face of Microsoft's superior product, Apple didn't panic. In Apple's strategy meetings, the focus was not on beating its competitor. Instead, the company continued to discuss ways to develop its own business. After the Zune was released, about a year later, Apple announced its first-generation iPhone, successfully reinventing the concept of the smartphone. Music players became a relic of the past, almost overnight. Apple once again stole the market lead from Microsoft. The cause of Microsoft's market defeat was that its Zoom music plan lacked a broader developmental outlook. The company failed to consider future possibilities. This was a typical finite game. Microsoft's plan was launched solely to compete with and defeat the rival company. It was a war with Apple. On the other hand, Apple continued to innovate. This was the mentality of infinite gameplay, focusing on long-term development instead of competition. Many outstanding enterprises succeed because they have an infinite play mentality. Such companies accept their ups and downs, constantly adapting to external changes in order to grow, and develop over the long term. So, what kind of mindsets do these two types of games reveal? And what are their differences? Moreover, seeing as infinite games are so powerful, how can we develop an infinite play mentality? These and other questions are answered in this book. The book is Dr. Kaus's magnum opus, comprised of 101 short chapters. Kevin Kelly, the author of Out of Control, claims that it altered my thinking about life, the universe, and everything. The wisdom held in this brief book now informs most of what I do in life. Its key distinction, that there are two types of games, finite and infinite, resolves my uncertainties about what to do next. Easy, always choose infinite games. Although it was written over three decades ago in 1987, 
the book's ideas have withstood the test of time, and continue to hold true in our modern technological age. In this bookie, we will discuss finite and infinite games in three parts. Part 1, Differences between Finite and Infinite Games. Part 2, Finite and Infinite Play in Different Aspects of Our Lives. Part 3, Transitioning from Finite to an Infinite Game. First, Whether the Game Has an Ending. Finite games always end. The game concludes when someone is triumphant. Participants engage in the game with the purpose of winning. This single goal directs everything they do. This was the case of Microsoft, we mentioned earlier, the company released its music player Zune for the sole purpose of defeating Apple's market supremacy. Why are participants in a finite game so determined to win? This is because winning gives them an enduring status defined by titles such as champion, hero, and so on. In the eyes of the public, winning bestows fame and prestige, making the victor seem important. Winners believe they will be remembered forever. Their glory will live on even after they die. Unlike finite players, the participants of infinite games never want the game to end, their purpose is to continue playing. Their joy and laughter come from trying to start something that will endure. One example is the Renaissance, although it happened centuries ago, its influence still remains to this day. Many scientific developments, geographical discoveries, and cultural movements in later periods can be traced back to origins in the Renaissance. A similar effect might be noted in the philosophy of Taoism. Although Lao Tzu lived several millennia ago, his legacy has survived, and it continues to have a strong influence around today's world. Infinite games differ from finite games in one critical aspect. Their players actively want the games to be extended indefinitely, without a conclusion. So, the rules of infinite games can change, adapt, and evolve during the playing process. If the infinite players sense that some participants may win while others are defeated, bringing the risk of the game ending, they can alter the rules accordingly. Although infinite players don't want the game to end, nonetheless, these games are not truly endless. They do have to end. Evil is the termination of an infinite game. Evil is when players ignore the rules and just want to eliminate their competition. Dr. Kass believes that the cruel acts of the European settlers in North America can be considered a form of evil. Before Europeans arrived, the native people spoke over 10,000 different languages. Each language had its own poetry, history, and mythology, and unique harmony with the natural environment. However, when the Europeans came to the continent, they killed the indigenous inhabitants or drove them from their territories. Since that time, most of the native languages and traditions have disappeared without a trace. The presence of boundaries is a second difference between finite and infinite games. Finite games are bounded by time, space, and number. Since they have endings, they must also have beginnings, this represents their time boundary. A finite game such as a soccer match, or a presidential election has clear markers in time. A start and a finish. On the other hand, the space boundary refers to a geographical location, 
such as a soccer field or a ballot center. Compared to time and space, the number boundary is slightly more complex. This refers to the qualifications of the players in a finite game. For instance, soccer players are selected based on their playing skills, or job candidates must meet certain basic requirements. In this way, players in a finite game have to obtain permission to participate in the game. They themselves cannot just choose to participate. As we already mentioned, the goal of infinite games is to prevent an ending and for every participant to continue playing indefinitely. For this reason, infinite games are not bounded by time. Similarly, they also lack space and number boundaries. There are no qualifications for joining the game, anyone who wants to play can do so. This is the case for religions. You can become a follower simply by choosing to believe. The third difference between finite and infinite games is whether they are theatrical or dramatic. Famously, in Shakespeare's comedy As You Like It, the protagonist Jack says, all the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. Indeed, all of us play roles in our interactions with others. Such parts include, for example, the role of mother, teacher, president, or artist. Role-playing is necessary for realizing one's social self. In the book we previously unlocked, The Presentation of Self in Everyday Life, Canadian sociologist Irving Goffman suggests that the presentation of our social selves isn't determined by our innate characteristics. Rather, it depends on context, situation, and our societal role. As a mother, you may tend to come across as highly resilient, but you may be more inclined to seek to appear to be in charge as a manager. Meanwhile, in the role of an artist, you may lean more towards showing independence and creativity. Based on these nuances, we can appreciate that our social selves are not the same as our natural selves. The language, behavior, and feelings of a mother belong to the role of mother and not to the individual herself. But finite game players often fail to identify the difference between the sense of a societal role and a person's authentic existence. In any given situation or context, the player in a finite game firmly believe that the roles they play are their actual selves, thus they act strictly according to their roles. Dr. Kass calls this self-veiling. Players of finite games apply their roles exactly to a script, refining their performance, training, aiming for better outcomes. These players expect to undergo training before the game. The reason they need to learn is to predict every possible occurrence in order to effectively control the future, and guarantee success in the end. In so doing, they prevent the dramatic nature of the play from unfolding. Finite players conceive their own scripts for success and follow these scripts to the letter. This is why their play can be called theatrical. Many children's games are imitations of the sports played by adults, such as baseball, table tennis, and ice skating. These games all have rules and require coaching or adult supervision. The joy of playing the game for its own sake is lost. The goal of these games is ultimately to become an expert in the sport, to win. 
Although children may be trained to become excellent athletic competitors, in the process, they forfeit the possibility to either discover or showcase themselves. The training regime, is a typical aspect of theatrical play in a finite game. Infinite players also engage in role-playing when they enter finite games, but they are well aware that they are choosing to put on this mask. They retain the freedom to admit to themselves and others that they are self-veiling. While acknowledging other players' respective roles, they treat them as individuals. They are not as serious as finite players. In the game they act with freedom and spontaneity adopting a relaxed mentality. To infinite players, interpersonal relationships have untold possibilities. They adopt an open attitude towards outcomes. In Dr. Kass's words, their play is dramatic. That concludes the content of the first section. In summary, there are three main differences between finite and infinite games. First, finite games have endings and are played for the purpose of winning, whereas infinite games have no ending and are played with the aim of sustaining the game. Second, finite games are limited by time, space, and number, while infinite games are not. Lastly, finite games are theatrical, played to a script, whereas infinite games are dramatic, involving spontaneity, and improvisation. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.